Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. Today, we are so excited to be chatting with Helena Hicks, founder and editor-in-chief of Females in Motorsport. If you haven't already heard about this amazing organization, it's a volunteer-run platform that amplifies the voices and stories of working of women working and competing all over the motorsport industry. They've reached over 20 million people through all of their content on social media, their website, their blog, and beyond. So we're very excited to be chatting with Helena today. Wow. Thanks for jumping on. (laughs) I said it would be embarrassing, right? (laughs) No, it's just crazy hearing the stats back like that. You write it and it's not something you read out loud. And then when you hear it out loud, it's like, oh, wow. We did that. On the back. A lot of people. Yeah. So congratulations on all of the success so far. So Helena, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from, how you got into motorsport in the first place. Let's start there. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, it's really different being on the other end of asking the questions. That's for <laughs> sure. I'm not used to being questioned. I'm used to doing the other way around. Um, so first and foremost, I am a massive Formula One fan, a massive motorsport fan. Growing up, I used to watch all of the sessions that I could. Um, and it was time that I could spend with my dad. And also my granddad is a massive Formula One fan as well. So It was great to be able to spend time with them. And I used to try and work out the abbreviations um, of the names down the the side (laughs) of the time screen. Um, And I used to be like, Dad, test me, test me, go on, who's this? Um, And that's how it (laughs) started. So I got into it properly, probably about the age of 14. um, And I very quickly realized that this is what I wanted to do. Um, because I like writing. Um, I've always loved writing. wasn't very good at maths at school. I wasn't as strong in science. So writing was the, the natural path for me to go down. Um, and as I learned more about motorsport and Formula One, I, I thought, yeah, this is a place where I'd like to work. So what was the moment that led you to be like, okay, we need females in motorsport or a platform like that? And was there someone in particular that you were trying to reach, like some sort of audience? This is a little bit of a leading question. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, so in, I think it was 2016, Susie Wolf launched Dare to be Different um, at the yeah. Auto Sport International Show. And I knew about her. I knew that she was the first woman to participate in an F1 weekend um, since 1992. Um, and I thought, wow, she's so cool. This is awesome. She's one of the the few female drivers that we have that are making the headlines. Um, and when she launched Dare to Be Different, I went over to the stand and I remember meeting Jenny, who is still part of, of what is um, mm. the, the program today. And I, I got talking to them and it was a moment where I realized that women can do this and they are doing this. We just need a little bit of extra support and we need to be showcased. So then I went home and I, I had a little look um, for press offices in Formula One and, and how I could be involved in that area and what, what women were working at the teams. And it was really difficult to find information. Yeah. Other than LinkedIn, there, there weren't many resources. I think there was maybe two interviews with Sophie Ogg, who is now uh, director mm-hmm. of comms at McLaren Racing. Um, mm-hmm. She was at Williams at the time. And so I thought about it for a little while um, and it was something I spoke about on my social platforms on, on Twitter because I was obsessed with Twitter at the age of 
16, <laughs> 17. Um, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we all love it's it. It's prime yeah. time back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a massive One Direction fan as well, but we will not talk about that now. Um, and, and yeah, I in 2018, I was at university and everybody else was sort of going to the Guardian and, and to the Telegraph and to the BBC and doing internships and stuff. Um, but because what I wanted to do was so niche, I thought, why not have a crack at it myself? Um, I need nice. to have a portfolio. I need to be able to to show what I'm doing to future employers. Um, so I started Females in Motorsport. And I used to post probably once a week. Sometimes I'd go three weeks without posting. Um, but then when we did post, it would get a lot of traction. And and. Yeah, when we'd post it, it would be a, a big conversation point. People would be talking about it and um, our followers went up quickly. Um, and as it grew in popularity, I also realised that I couldn't do this alone because um, thankfully female participation in motorsport has been increasing over the years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've gone from zero to now verging on 175,000 followers across our platforms um, and we now have a community of 11 women now that help me run the platform. We're all volunteers, but we're wow. all equally passionate about the same thing, which is women in our industry. That is so inspiring. We often ask women in motorsport, we're interviewing, you know, advice for getting started. So in terms of how you turned the idea of females in motorsport into rea- uh, into a reality, how did how did that happen? You know, you have this reality, you're posting on social media, but like how does that build into what it is today? And did you have sort of step setbacks along the way or surprises? Yeah, for sure. There have been so many obstacles in our in the way. I think something to talk about is funding. Um mm. at the time I was a student when I set it up and then I had to buy like the WordPress subscription. And then I had yeah. to buy like the the different tools I um Hootsuite and the scheduling tools and then the the analytics tools and you know these are all costs that at the time I, and I obviously still am prepared to, to put into it but as a, a student at university relying on a bit of freelance work and also working in retail it was like okay this is my passion and, and it's just something you're prepared yeah. to do um and then when the pandemic hit I was working in a local um supermarket and I was also delivering people shopping I was driving a massive like van going around and delivering (laughs) um, groceries to people's houses it was a lot of fun but I was exhausted because I was working night shifts and also shifts that started at 3am 4am and um, my sleep pattern was all over the place um so yeah I guess there have been personal setbacks and um the, the thing that's always got me through it is that I've had an amazing community of women that helped me with this platform. Mm-hmm. I truly have met some of my best friends for life um, through females in motorsport. And it makes me so proud to see the success that they've gone on to achieve. We've got women that are now at McLaren racing, um, people that are Alpine Formula One team. Um, Martina, I can give her a shout out because unfortunately she's just had to leave mm-hmm. us. But she was an, a key oh. member of the team for so long and she now works at Prana um and she's wow, traveling so around cool. Europe with them and it's it's just it's amazing to to meet and know these women um when I did a, a shoot out in France for for my for my day job 
Um, I met Estelle out there who makes a lot of our videos that you see. Um, mm-hmm. And we hadn't actually met in person before, um, but we ended up spending mm-hmm. all day together. We watched the World Cup together. She took us to like this little French town on the coast and we ate crepes. Um, and she also met my uh, director at work. And it was like we'd known each other for for years. It wasn't That's like so the great. first time we'd met. Yeah, it was just amazing. Um, and I know that I've tangented that. But I just got so passionate talking about the people that that helped me with this project. And if there's been, you know, tough things in my personal life, because, you know, it's it's never plain sailing. It's not always it's not always straightforward. Um, and I've had my own personal struggles, too. So the, the platform gives me a lot of hope um, and it also keeps me going in, in times that perhaps aren't as easy as, as other times. So do you feel like what it keeps you going and it's obviously growing a ton and it's just a beautiful thing to watch, but is there an end goal, like something that you could look back on and be like, okay, if I do that or when I do that, my job is done here. What's your, what's your vision? That's such a good question. I guess my vision is just to reach as many people as possible. That was always the goal. And it was to, to make people realize that if they want to work in motorsport, they can. And there's a whole host of roles out there for them. You know, they don't just have to be in working in media because they're a woman. They don't have to be shunned into hospitality because, you know, there are so many different avenues that they can go down. And you don't have to go to university either. Um, and it's just, I now take the time to, to read all the emails that we get because... Wow. On a daily basis, people will reach out to us and say, oh, thank you, you've inspired me to do this. Or I just thought I'd let you know that I've actually gone and pursued studying maths at A-level uh, because oh, I read. That's so um, rewarding. Yeah, it is. So that's one element of it. And then I think the other element of it was um, went to the 24 Hours of Spa this year with Pirelli. And so cool. I was fortunate enough to take one of my best friends out there who uh, does a lot of um, work in Formula E. And we went together. We hopped on a plane. I've never driven on the other side of the road before. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then I had to do a four-hour drive from Frankfurt um, to, to Spa on, like, two hours sleep because I was so excited. Um but we, we did the weekend, we filmed content and we published it on our channels and Pirelli cross-posted it on their, their channels um, and seeing them actually accept a collaboration on Instagram um, with us. So when you click on their Instagram profile, you know, they've got 750,000 followers. Seeing the video that we made um, was crazy. We're, we are wow. not video editors. We're not content creators. Um, I can write. Um, and I can talk. But this <laughs> I think sometimes we feel we feel the same way. That's huge that you guys were able to do that. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a moment where I was so tired and just so fraught with emotion that I just I just cried. Um, wow. And another friend <laughs> that I was with was like, "You did that. You you did that." Um, she's an excellent hype woman, and I couldn't have done it without her um, or anybody that's helped females in motorsport out along the way. And I must say a massive thank you to Marta Pirelli for for putting her trust in us. And it's a very exciting partnership. And I'm super excited for the next stage that we have to come. 
That is so special. And I feel like that's what it's all about is to be able to share those things with your close friends or with people who have helped you along the way. I think that's some of the joy of just being able to share is so important. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So it sounds like the Pirelli experience, the 24 hours of spa was a big, big moment. You guys have grown so much. You've done a lot of high profile content. Have there been any other kind of major pinch me moments along the way that you want to highlight? Yeah, uh, I have to talk about when I went to the Williams factory uh, in I want to say it was 2018 now. Uh, Well, 2019 it might have been. That's really bad. I can't remember this specific year. Um, Pre-COVID is all a blur, so. (laughs) Um, I hadn't long passed my driving test um, and I drove all the way from my house in Colchester, Essex, all the way to to Grove, Oxfordshire. I was terrified about going on the M25, which is a really big motorway in the UK. It's terrifying. (laughs) Um, But I drove there and then I interviewed Claire Williams, uh, the deputy team principal of Williams Racing. Wow. Wow. Um, One-on-one sat down with her for for a good hour and she told me the story of Williams, what it was like 
um, growing up in the the Williams family, and it was incredible to to hear about you know her trials and tribulations and. It was at a time when Williams were really struggling as well. Um, and I also remember it was um, just after the, the the triple header in Formula One. Now they're kind of oh, wow. and we've, as hard as they are, we've learned to cope with them. But I believe that this was the first one and she was exhausted. But she still took the time to speak to me for females in motorsport. And wow. um, that was a day where I walked out of there and thought, my goodness. Um, and I also got to see Sir Frank Williams. Um, and wow. what a what a legend that man is. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm lost for words just reflecting on it because it was very special. Um, they say don't meet your idols, but I think um, <laughs> definitely Claire Williams was a woman that was amazing to me and hear her stories. So that was amazing seeing just this little blog that I created at university be be entrusted by the Williams uh, Formula One team to actually be able to speak to uh, the woman at the helm of the team. That was that was incredible. Yeah, that would be that's a bucket list item, I think, for anyone. That's so exciting. So you started with the blog. You have yeah. the blog and it's amazing. And I personally love reading it. Now you have obviously a bunch of different socials and you've moved into a podcast. It just sounds like, oh, and you have 11 people running this whole platform with you. So how how does it work? Like, how are you guys structured? How do you make it all happen? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I make it happen because of all the amazing women that we have. Um, I definitely could not do it without them. I thankfully, I say thankfully, no, I've got to a place now where my job is very easy. Um, I just have to read and respond to emails and check all the content. Whereas before I was actively writing a lot of it, creating a lot of it, getting mm. sign off and everything. And um, just with my own role in motorsport is is incredible. That's taken me all over the world. Um, but to try and do females in motorsport as a content creator on top of that was, was just a little bit too much. So um so now we have people from europe and america um we've got manvi our amazing podcast host mm-hmm. um i met her in miami earlier this year and again that was the first time we'd met and we were sharing a hotel room and we went to the miami grand prix together oh, oh what better fun. way to get to know it someone <laughs> um like again you think oh it might be a bit awkward um you know you, you don't know each other but you do know each other because you've you've gone back and forth with a thousand messages talking about ideas for podcasts. You've, you've spoken about your dream guests. You've spoken about exciting projects that are up and coming. And, um, and th- that trip was so much of a win for her. She was like, Oh, I've got really big FOMO. I'm missing out. And I, I was meant to fly back from Miami to London. I wasn't actually meant to stay for the, the race weekend itself oh. because we'd done, I'd done my day job activation. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay. Um, and it. then I was like, right, that's it. I'm booking a flight. Um, so she came down. Um, so yes, we have Mamby on the podcast. And then it's split between people who tend to do the social posts and then people who just do the writing. Um, it's, I have so much faith and trust in the team. Um, and that they are all amazing humans. And I always send them a little thank you um, because they are they are amazing and 
they're all people who ultimately want to end up working in motorsport full time. And I feel it a bit as my duty to to give people this opportunity um, and to to let, help them grow and learn. Um, so yeah, now my job is a lot easier. As I said, I just kind of approve <laughs> and maybe make slight amendments or give suggestions. Um, look at the news and be like, oh, Iron Dames have got this amazing result, or um, you know, Lisa Villard has has got this amazing uh, podium in karting or international results. So. That's what I do now, um, and and that's how it's structured with the with the team. Yeah, that's great. And what you were saying about you know personally loving your team and being able to trust them so much, I think we can definitely relate to a bit. I think Chessa, Sarah, and I are all friends outside the podcast, but I feel like I've gotten to know them so much better through the podcast. To your point of like talking about your dream guests, what are our goals? What are our visions? It's just it's a layer deeper than you know a lot of the day to day stuff, which I think is really special. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> don't cry over there Chessa I might, I might. Um, but speaking of you know all of these people wanting to work in motorsport and as you look towards the future what kind of do the next year or two look like for you for females in motorsport what are some of the goals or challenges that you're excited about ahead yeah oh, the future is very exciting for females in motorsport um, I think the one thing that I would love to be able to do is to turn it from a volunteer-owned platform into people actually being able to make a, a living from it, whether that's how small that is or how big that is, I, I don't know yet. But I'm a, a believer in that, yes, work experience is necessary, but there becomes a point where people should be paid for their time that they're giving. Yeah. Um, and, and before COVID, I, you know, I did used to to do that but then <laughs> with the cost of living crisis and rent in London going sky high just I don't want to make excuses but that wasn't just financially possible anymore um mm-hmm. and it's something that I continuously feel bad about because I have seen people used and abused in motorsport I've seen I don't want to name any publications or anything but I know that there are a lot out there that expect people to almost work full-time for them for free um but it's yeah. okay because you get great exposure doesn't quite cut it um uh so yeah it's um that is something I would love to do I would like to pay people for their time and um for their for their services and what because you know that's only fair um and second yeah it is super important and it's something that I'm very open and honest about um because even myself I'm a volunteer that's that's the situation right now um, and the second thing is just continue reaching as many people as possible around the world. Um, and I would also like to work a lot more on the, the variety of people that we, we feature. It's a constant education process for myself as well. Um, we had a lot of comments um, that we were only featuring sort of white, pretty women um, or, you know, like model looking women that are in very glamorous roles in motorsport. And that wasn't particularly true um but nevertheless we we looked at that comment and went right how can we increase the diversity um how can we how can we show that motorsport is for everybody it's becoming more open for everybody and there are multiple initiatives around the world now that are um highlighting people from disadvantaged backgrounds that are highlighting people that or giving people opportunity that wouldn't have had the opportunity before so Yes, definitely increasing our diversity and the breadth and depth of people um, 
featured that's another thing that I would really like to focus on so yeah yeah that's always that's always so important and honestly at this point it's kind of table stakes and I think the coolest thing is building a community such that they can call that out for you and you can work together to always be better I think it's so cool and I'm happy and like enlivened by the fact that that is where you know f1 motorsport you can tell me more generally but that's where everything is going so I think that's great um, yeah back when um one of the jobs I had I, I worked at a London uh based agency and one of our, our clients was Petronas the uh the title mm-hmm. and technical um sponsor of the Mercedes AMG Petronas Formula One team um and with that I got to work with Stephanie Travers um the Petronas so cool she's my dream guest she <laughs> is incredible and hearing her stories were really eye-opening as well um because again it was something that I was so kind of blinkered and just like oh yeah being a woman in motorsport but you never factored that to what about being a black woman in motorsport you know what about breaking all of those stereotypes and as well being an, an engineer so it's she she's fantastic um she is incredible and I was very very fortunate to hear her story and also get her story told on uh, on a global stage as well so speaking of getting more people involved and kind of like opening all of those barriers we always like to finish our interviews with all of our incredible guests by having them give some advice because we get messages every day as I'm sure you get 10 times more than we do like how do we get involved how do we get our foot in the door like where do I start so you obviously did it from the ground up it's incredible what you've built so what advice would you have for anyone listening oh thank you that's a really good question and it's something that I'm terrible at answering I really ought to be better (laughs) answering this considering you know I I've dreamed my whole life about working in motorsport and it's twofold yes I get to professionally now and also with females in motorsport it's it's opened up these amazing opportunities I like people just showing a passion um i i want people to be determined and committed because motorsport isn't for for the faint-hearted it's not something that you can just kind of come in think oh yeah yeah i'll give it a go and then and then come back out again i think it does require dedication and it does require um commitment and i i hope that there are a lot more companies that take chances in people that that have that passion um because when I was applying for jobs and things, it always great. This is great, but you haven't actually got the physical experience. And then a question is, well, how right. am I going to get that physical experience if nobody? No, it's like it's a it's a full circle. Um, I I I think that's really important is to to show your passion and be passionate. I hate the word passionate. Why do I keep saying it? Um, <laughs> it's a great word. It's a great word. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's it's going above and beyond, you know. It's what how can you demonstrate? Yes, you, you you've not worked in Formula One before, but perhaps you can show that at, at university you were a part of Formula Student, or you went and did an apprenticeship, and in your spare time you set up a blog, or you know you went and volunteered at a community centre and you hosted Formula One watch parties. I don't know some something like that that you can do to to stand out from the crowd and. I I hope that in 15, 20 years' time, where females in motorsport isn't needed um, yeah. because it, it's the norm. I, I would exactly. really like it to be the norm. You know, this is a sport 
one of the very few sports where men and women compete alongside each other. And it's not just the on-track stuff, it's also behind the closed doors. Why is there such a disparity in the numbers of women working at the factory? And, And, yeah... Again, I've tangented, tangent, can't speak now, tangented. Um, but the advice that I would give is just be passionate, never give up. I hate that as well. Um, and just <laughs> be able to demonstrate how how you are unique and and why why people should invest uh, in you. Um, yeah, that's terrible. You're gonna have to cut a lot of that out. I'm no, sorry. none. none. <laughs> that was. That was perfect. And what an inspiring note to end on. Helena, thank you so much for joining us. This was so incredible to hear about your story and how much Females in Motorsport is doing for the community at large. So appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story. Thank you. And can I just quickly say that um, we recently advertised for a couple of positions and we had over uh, 1,500 uh, emails come into our inbox. It's oh my taken God, a long time to get through all of the responses. Um, and if the people that weren't successful this time around, I would really say, please do keep in contact. And if you are interested in being involved, then please do keep on uh, reaching out to not only the page, but also myself personally. Um, and also, if you have a question or query, query then um, my DMs are always open. I would love to, to help out and, and pay back in any way that I can. There you have it. (laughs) Thank you.